Assalamu alaikum and welcome to another episode of the Dr. Will Show, where I interview educators and entrepreneurs on leveling up. Each episode, I zoom in someone who's dope, and we just sit back and have a conversation on what it means to live your best life. Now, if this is your first time checking out the podcast, this is the mobile university for entrepreneurs, and I'm your host, Dr. Will. Now, I am in communication uh, following this educator who is going to be on the show uh, tonight and uh, always posts uh, interesting tidbits about life and such. And she had a, a Facebook post once that struck me on which I wanted to have her on the show, but it was about teachers uh, being true to themselves and, and knowing uh, their value and it's something that I'm really about, especially when you hear the show and I talk about teachers is understanding like, yo, uh, I don't want you to live a life where you are always looking at that calendar for spring break and the summer, uh, though it's always nice to have those days, folks. But I want you to wake up every morning excited to be where you are to doing the work that you're doing. So we're going to talk about teachers taking control over their careers and their lives uh, tonight on this episode. So for those who be listening on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Simplecast, Stitcher, Spotify, and Audible, I want to introduce y'all to Tashila Darjean. How are you doing tonight, Tashila? Hi, I am blessed. I'm blessed. I'm blessed. And I'm going to go ahead and say I'm dope. Because when you did your introduction and you said it's just dope educators and entrepreneurs, so I'm blessed and I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to go out on a limb and be like, hey, I'm dope. So uh, just glad to be here this evening. That's all right. That's all right. So I'm always, uh, for those who are are listening to this episode, um, will you please introduce yourself? Okay. So I am Tasha Ladarjean. I am the proud principal um, at Le Navarro Middle School in Lamar Consolidated ISD. I'm a current doctoral candidate. Um, and so just proud to be an educator, proud to be uh, an innovator, and proud to always think outside the box as an educator for our students, for our staff, and for everybody that's willing to grow and learn and be better than they were the day before. Mm. So I'm always curious as to how people got to where they are. What did you think you'd be doing when you were growing up? And how did you find yourself in education? So growing up, like growing up, man, I was I was not the best student. And so education was something that was so far away from what I thought I wanted to be. Um, and so growing up in high school uh, and in a family, I'm a, a middle of five kids. And so I was the first one in my house to go to college. And it was, like I said, I wasn't the best student, but one day something just clicked and was like, hey, you know, you, you, you gotta go to school and you gotta be better than what you're doing right now. And so I uh, made a conscious decision to go to college, got my degree. And so I got a political science degree. And so I originally wanted to go to law school. And that was the track that I wanted to be on. But, you know, I got married pretty young. I had my daughter. 
And it was, okay, I'm going to have this amount of time to finish school this many more years before I'm done with this program if I wanted to be a lawyer. But I have a family. I have a young daughter. I have my husband. And so it's like, okay, let me figure out something that's going to be um, easier for me. And so once I finished, got my degree in political science, I went and worked at uh, CPS, uh, Children's Protective Services here in the state of Texas. And so while doing that, that's when I just truly got them and fell in love with working with kids and uh, wanted to pursue this thing of education because I was seeing so many kids and so many families and just parts of generations of, of poverty, generations of abuse. And it's like, if I can start in being an educator, then maybe I can be a catalyst to at least one person and two people to where we uh, circumvent that for families. So that's kind of how I got into education by way of working in CPS, going uh, through an alternative certification program through Pasadena ISD. That's a district that I graduated from. Um, and so that's how I got into education as an eighth grade math teacher. Um, and then started thinking about how can I now uh, touch more lives. And then so I became an assistant principal. And when you become an assistant principal, you realize you're only touching this many people. So then it's like, I want to become a principal. Um, and so that's kind of how I ended up in this thing. And so in everything you do, you realize uh, you're the the level of your reach. And so once you really realize the level of your reach and then you're like, oh, I got to do something else because I want to reach more people in order for those people to reach the next level of people. And so that's how I'm in my current position as a building principal. All right. Now, Several years ago, I got a rude awakening myself because I had been thinking about where I'm going to retire from the school district I currently work in. And I was looking at a couple of positions. I'm like, all right, I'm just where I'm going to go. I'm going to go here. I'm going to retire from one of these positions. I'm all in. And then some budget things came about and I didn't know if I were going to have a job. And so that got me really thinking about myself and my career a lot differently. And then I know when we, you know, folks had a chance to, you know, be a little quarantine uh, a couple of years ago, a lot of people started reassessing uh, where they were uh, in their lives at that point and what exactly they wanted to have. I bring this up because there are people who just go through life and, you know, they just, it's the, just the day to day, the year to year, and they're not really fulfilled. They're not happy. They're not in that space where they're waking up and doing the work that they're supposed to be be doing. Why is it important for educators uh, to take ownership of their careers, professional development, and what are some of the benefits can they expect when they start doing so? Okay, so I'm a, I'm a little bit of a storyteller, so I'm going to tell you a story. And so this always makes me think because one of the things that I always talk to my staff about is always developing your craft. 
And so I don't know if you've ever seen the movie or, or the docu-series, The Defiant Ones, uh, with Dr. Dre. Mm -hmm. And so that's what I, every year I watch that again on New Year's Eve because it always ignites something in me to see a person just in love with their craft. Um, and so if you watch that and you ever get an opportunity to watch that, you see him and Jimmy Iovine and how much they love what they do. And when they talk about, you know, when they made a billion dollars on beats, that was by, it wasn't by accident, it was by chance, by way of their craft and was something that they fell in love in doing. They didn't set out to be these billionaires, they set out to be innovators in music because that's what they love to do. And so that's the same thing as being an educator. Kids know when you love what you do. People know when you love what you do because it exudes in everything that you do and what you say. And so when you are consistently and constantly developing your craft, you're doing new things every single year, sometimes every single day or the next week because you've done a professional development that weekend. And so uh, I'm a believer if you, if, you, know, you wanna see change, or you don't want to see change, you're going to keep doing the same thing. Well, you keep doing the same thing because you're not learning anything new. And so as educators, it is so important um, that we develop ourselves and develop our craft. And so if you, whether you want to be in a classroom teacher uh, forever, if you look at everything that's going on around us, uh, just the development of artificial intelligence and uh, with the TikTok era, we have to keep up with what's going on around us in order to keep the interest of our kids. Uh, each year, our kids are developing and evolving. And if we as educators are, educators are developing and evolving, we lose our kids. And it's too much at stake to lose our kids because we don't want to develop ourselves uh, to make sure that what we're doing is relevant for the people that we serve every single day. Mm. I used to, and I know we talked about this before we got on, but I used to intern for a career development specialist who used this term business of one. She's always, her whole thing about in the work she was doing is everyone is a business of one because mm -hmm. essentially she was like, don't get caught slipping out here mm -hmm. thinking that someone has to be loyal to you or you need to be loyal to them, right? Mm -hmm. So that you really need to think about where you are, what you want and where you are going in life. Mm -hmm. What do you think about educators considering themselves a business of one? And can you explain what that means to you? Uh, so this was a little kind of a new term. Uh, and, and, you know, we kind of touched on it a little bit. Um, and so... For me, what it means is we are all walking businesses. We are all walking uh, products, but what are we producing? And so in everything and every single day is the product that you're producing is its success. So when you say a, a, a business of one, we're all a business of one, but in order for the organization to be successful, that business of one has to come in into that vision of the organization for the success of the organization. 
and it kind of goes along with what you just talked about with developing your credit. And so when that business of one, if, if hey, you've mastered something, that business of one, now you can go out and you touch other people. Uh, and so you always want to make yourself marketable. You always want to make yourself, you know, when somebody, when you're gone, something, they, they might miss you. But you don't want to leave an organization better, not not better than what you founded, because you are continuously developing your craft, but you're growing people around you. So yeah, you can be, I can be a business of one, but in any business you want to grow other people. Because if I'm only a business of one and I don't develop others around me, when I'm gone, then my legacy and everything is gone with me. So you want to be able to also develop others at the same time, marketing yourself and developing your craft. So you can say you're a business of one. And when you go out there, people do want to learn from you. Mm -hmm. So with that, we're at this time of the time of the year where contracts are starting to go out. And some folks are looking at that bad boy. And they sign it very, very quickly. Turn yeah. it in. And some are looking at that going, hmm, I don't know. Yeah. How can teachers and educators begin to align uh, their personal values and their purpose with their teaching, their career? And why is all of this important for overall career fulfillment? So I want to touch on first the fulfillment part of, of, of what you're talking about because I, I think we, when, I, when we're talking about this, we're in a kind of unpopular place of education. Um, and so it's, you know, people say, you know, education has changed and all these things have changed and, and people are kind of walking around not fulfilled. But I think fulfillment comes from internal being. Um, uh, I am a proponent of the, the best relationship to ever have is the relationship with yourself. And so when you have a relationship with yourself and you know who you are and your values, then wherever you go, again, you can't exude that. And so it, it kind of all goes into one. And so I don't believe any person ended up in one place by accident. Every person is in the place where they are intentionally and on purpose, whether it's a short amount of time or a long period of time. But while you're there, you come in, you work hard, and you, get, you, you, you do what you're designed to do in that purpose. Again, if you're there, well, so if you willing, you're gonna sign that or not sign that this year, the choice is yours. But whatever you choose to do, make a decision based on you and not based on what you're looking for someone to provide for you. So many times people are looking for external happiness. Happiness is not going to come from who your principal is. Happiness may not come from who your assistant principal is because you may be unhappy with them, but you're so happy within your classroom. An organization, you have the big microcosm of the building, but then you have within your classroom. And so there may be some decisions that are made in the building that you don't agree with, but when you walk into your classroom where the magic happens, 
and you have the autonomy to do that and you have the autonomy to show how much you love what you do and what you're doing, that's where your fulfillment comes in. And so I, I think as a, as, a, as a nation and as a people, we have to stop looking for all these external fulfillment because fulfillment comes from being the giver and not the taker. So if I'm giving to my kids and my kids are growing, my organization's grow, organization is growing, that's where fulfillment comes from. And so I think that comes along with knowing who you are and being reflective consistently and, and, and building you as a person. And stop looking just for external things. So wherever, you, whatever you choose to do, whether you sign or not, make a decision based on you and what your plan is, not based on what somebody else did and did not do for you, but what you are doing for yourself and your happiness. So it's funny because I made a decision today that in every everything that I do and every decision that I'm going to make a solution is going to be a positive solution. Because the only thing I can control is me. I can control my attitude. I can control my perspective. I am in control of that. And so that comes with that fulfillment. That comes with the things that we're doing. So whether you choose to sign or not, don't look at anybody else. Look within yourself as to why you're choosing to do it or not. When you choose to sign that, recognize what you're signing. Because as educators, we're not signing just for us. We're signing for the number of children that we're serving and that we're going in to develop every single day. If we choose not to sign, make that decision to say, I'm choosing not to sign this because I don't feel that I can give my kids the best of me. And when they leave, they're not going to be better because of me. <laughs> so that's what I, when we talk about that and that fulfillment. Mm. And, and, and that and that's that, that signature for this year. Mm. And I like your answer because I know, you know, there are people who get on uh, social media or you may even hear them at your own school. They may come from mm -hmm. a superintendent or, or a school mm -hmm. administrator who will talk about the children and what's going on and sometimes sort of shame the folks who don't want to work with certain type of kids. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, they may not be built to work with them type of kids. Yeah. And it's okay if they're not. When when they recognize that and understand, as you say, am I able to give my best to these children? I think that is more important and them being self-aware and understanding what environment what situations unleash their fullest potential rather than them trying to conform or just fight, 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 just because they feel guilty that they are not being or, or fitting that ideal that everyone around them is putting out. So one of the things I'll say is uh, when we say these children, and there are no these children. These are all of our children. Whether they came through us, however they, they ended up in, in, in our circle, 
They're all of our children. And so when we, when we talk about saying, I'm not made for this or I'm not made for that, that's, that's ownership. Um, I, I'm a believer, and you got to know when to say when. And I'm a believer that there are some educators that aren't suited for every student. Does that mean that you are not a, a, a great educator? Not necessarily, but there are different levels to this. There are different levels to our school systems. There are different levels to the students we serve in each different in, in the building. And so you got to recognize what clientele you work best with. But I'm a believer that whatever you choose to do, wherever you, wherever it may be, if, if you love children, if you create an environment for children, if you create a space for kids, they're going to come in and they're going to do whatever it is you choose uh, to do for them or with them. And so I, I, my, my kids on my campus will tell you, I have Ms. Darjean don't hold grudges. Um, I'm, I'm at a Title I school. And and they are all they are all my kids. Whether you made a mistake yesterday, um, I had I had a student come today, and something happened. We, we just came back from spring break, and she was absent, and so this was my first time seeing her. And I was standing there, and so another kid was standing there. She gave them a hug, and I you you gonna come in? You gonna hug them? You not gonna hug me? And she came she came back. She gave me a hug, and we don't hold. I'm not gonna hold it against you. When we make mistakes and we recognize our mistakes, we own those mistakes. And so these are unpopular opinions that I kind of think we're living in times of not really wanting to hold people accountable, uh, not holding ourselves accountable. And so when we hold ourselves accountable, that's saying, you know what? This school may not be for me, but this school over here is for me. And I can go and I can be my best. But whatever you are, don't show up, don't show up and mistreat a kid. Don't show up and treat a kid different because of what happened yesterday. Or treat a kid different because of their SES status. You come in and you love them every single day. Because again, when you're not there by mistake, whether you're there a short time or a long time, you're there for that time. And while you're there, love on your kids and educate our kids because they deserve it. So wherever it is, you can go. You may go to a, a non-title campus and, and that, that's your clientele. But while you're there, don't mistreat or not educate our babies because they don't deserve it. I hear you. I hear you. And, and I'm sitting back. I'm soaking in what you're saying. But, you know, a lot of school districts don't offer that type of PD. Mm -hmm. Like, you'll get the tech PD. Mm -hmm. You'll get the reading PD. You'll mm -hmm. get the, the, the PD on the data, the PD-related mm -hmm. uh, to the curriculum that they pay for. Mm -hmm. But that self-awareness PD, that PD mm -hmm. of how do you connect uh, with students how do you even sort of navigate because the interesting thing about it and I don't know if people 
think about this, but mm-hmm. uh, teachers are people. Yeah. Right. And as people, we have a wide range of emotions and different mm-hmm. relationships, you know, in our lives. And you can show up to the school yeah. after having some situation at the house. And that one kid can be like, oh, we setting it off today. Yeah. Right. That threshold. <laughs> Is it, my level of my threshold. <laughs> you know, and you know, so again, some people are more self-aware than others because yeah. they can feel that they're being triggered and they can step back. Yeah. And others are like they're going through the building. Um, like I wish somebody say something today. Because yeah. they 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 are just not at that point. So it's interesting again that you say that when I think that's where, that's where a lot of school districts are dropping the ball in mm-hmm. working with teachers to become more self aware and understanding yeah. sort of who they are, understanding their triggers, and even having therapists on staff mm-hmm. to work with teachers so that if they having that tough period or they're going through a, a tough time to help them work that out so that they can be their best, mm-hmm. you know, for the babies uh, and not feel like I'm about to shake somebody loose today. Yeah, don't shake them. <laughs> You're like, don't shake them, don't shake them. Ooh, I'm just, look, I commend, I, you know, I commend y'all. I, I, you know, for me, it's... Uh... Again, I'm on a Title I campus, and one of the things is I, I tell kids all the time that they, when they do try to disrespect a teacher, that's somebody's mother, that's somebody's grandmother, that's somebody's father. So you got to recognize that. And so we're all human. Um, so we have to make sure that we humanize ourselves for our kids. Um, and we're not just the position, it's not just the position. Uh, and humanize yourself to to their parents because some of the, you know their parents don't respect the position. Uh, and so just making sure that we let our kids and our parents and our, our faculty see our vulnerable side. Um, I am a meditator, and I you know I, I spend time in meditation. I spend time in. Um, truly diving deep into who I am and even for my staff. Like there are times we open up our staff meetings with, hey, we're gonna take five minutes of, of meditation. We're gonna take five minutes of just self-reflection um, because it is a hard job. And you know, we, we get so many people that come through our doors from so many different backgrounds and so many different value systems and um, so many different things that are acceptable in their home that's not acceptable here and this and that. But us being cognizant of it um, and recognizing that that is the case because uh, when when we try to fit everybody in this one box, we do our kids a disservice. And so just because you know, this kid may be a little louder, or they may cuss because they cuss at their home. That you know, that's who they are. That doesn't devalue the gifts that they possess. 
And so that's where we have to put aside, you know, some of these things that we bring in with us. I call it, I call it majoring in the minors. We can't spend our days majoring in the minors. And so a, a lot of times for us to get to truly dive in and peel back the layers of our kids is not majoring in the minor things that impede and set barriers up for our kids. When we're worrying about what they have on, we're majoring in the minor. For some of our kids, that's all, that's all they have. I'm just glad you showed up. And when, when they showed up, we welcomed them with open arms and we let them know, I'm so glad to see you. And so when we do that, that curves some of those things that we see. And then that what you're talking about, it, it, it brings that down to, I don't always as an educator have to be on the defensive because this kid, these kids are popping up. Because I'm running down the hall about a hood when they just don't want to show their hair because they ain't had a haircut on something. And so those are things that we have to recognize. And so not fitting everybody in that box and it kind of brings some of those things down to where it creates that space where everybody feels welcome and who they are when they showed up. And it minimizes some of those things that happen. It minimizes some of those discipline problems that you see. We know mm. everybody's not the same. We know everybody comes from a different place, but us truly getting to know each person as an individual, just because they don't have an IEP, don't mean they don't have an IEP. They are an individual. And we've got to get to know them as that individual and peel those layers away and peel some of our beliefs that we come in with and judgments that we come in with, preconceived notions and biases that we come in with and recognize our kids for who they are and, and, and nurture those things. But when they go and they leave us after 178 days, 180 days, they leave us better than they came because we loved on them and we accepted them for who they were and not what they had on their body, the exterior that we got to go into. Mm. Now I got myself in trouble uh, <laughs> when I... Ooh, not on that. Uh, look, when I see kids, and I and and I don't teach kids on a regular basis. I teach kids when a teacher ca calls me in and say, "Hey, I'm I'm trying to do this with kids. Can you come in?" And then I work with them. Uh, yeah. But I do see them, you know, in the hallway uh, sometimes. I have to remind myself. Uh, you know, you 49, you, you know, you not 17, you know, because, yeah. uh, you know, you because I come from a different type of generation, as they say. I have certain yeah. type of sensibilities. So I remind myself sometimes. Uh, but definitely, you know, one of the things that when I when I do get a chance to kind of talk to kids, I always tell them about, you know, just putting in the work and doing this for you. Not for mama, not for grandmama, not for anybody else. Um, but understanding, you know, yo, this is your life. And if you say you want such and such and such to happen, you want this out of life, you want to do this, it is up to you to go grind and make it happen. Uh, and, and, you know, especially when I hear it go, it's too much work. Mm -mm. Yeah. We ain't having that conversation today. 
you're gonna have to put in the work because nothing's gonna be handed to you. So um, you know, that's that's sort of the extent <laughs> to do who I am coming from nowadays. I, I just try to get in where I can, yeah. drop a little wisdom and get out. So I definitely <clears throat> applaud y'all for the everyday hustle uh when it comes to working with kids. And when I first started this podcast, it was me having more of these conversations that I'm having now. And then I made the pivot to educators and their coin. Mm -hmm. And I had some folks come after me for real mm -hmm. about that. Wow. Okay. What are your thoughts on teachers beginning to embrace right the importance of financial success and i and i'm not even talking about you know you marching because you want the state to give you a raise we we know we know that game right but those who are getting to that point understanding that their value is different Mm -hmm. uh, getting to the port of understanding, you know, financial literacy and creating mm -hmm. multiple streams of income. And then we know folks out there speaking, mm -hmm. consult, consulting, mm -hmm. writing curriculum and all of that. And, you know, now I don't want to call it the age of the, the, the entrepreneur because entrepreneurship has been just the talk of it has mm -hmm. been just really growing, whether it be on YouTube or social media. And quite mm -hmm. honestly, that is the focus of this podcast. If you listen to it, uh, this whole awakening with educators and that coin. Um, are you okay with folks starting to to embrace this reality? Do you think, uh, particularly as a school leader, and feel free to pass on this question if you want to, do, do you think that has a negative impact on what they're doing in the classroom when they start to make that shift in how they value the work they're doing and them with intention chasing other opportunities. Well, first I'm gonna start with, uh, I think it's so important that we establish ourselves financially. I think it's important to have multiple streams of it whether it be we're doing professional development, conferences, something outside of education, it's so important uh, for whatever you're doing to have multiple streams of income. And so as we talk about educators supporting themselves, I wanna first start with this because it's, it's super popular, it's so popular. Um, and so I, you know, when I talked to one of, one of my friends who is a educational consultant, and we talk about these kinds of things all the time, number one, when you're going out there and reporting yourself, make sure your walk and your tongue match. And what I mean by that is people know who you are. And so if you're coming out and you're you're presenting and you're doing all these things, but this is not something that you've ever done, 
and they're not aligned, don't go out pushing something just to make a point, and that's not who you are. And so just make sure everything you're walking your talk online. Because it's better to be a giver. Mm. So when you're going out there and you're giving all of this information, make sure that this is this is this is research and this is information that you can stand up. Make sure that when you go out there, this is information that you know is going to impact and develop the people that are in your presence and that they're able to take it back to wherever they, they're going to impact those in that building. And so be very intentional in what you are doing when you're going out there. Like, you know, we, again, we all want to make this, this, this additional money. But don't just go out there and, and, and you bought something on teacher pay teacher and now you're going selling it for yourself. Make sure it's something that you've developed. Make sure it's, seen, it's something that you've seen success with. And so go out there and give the best that you can based on the things that you've done. And so as you're in the classroom, as you're a, a principal, take notes on everything that you're doing right now that's being that's successful. And when you go out there, I did this, this, and this, and this is what it produced. This is the evidence of that. Not just because I see my friend out here making money and I wanna go do it too, but I'm not really doing it in my everyday walk. And so just make sure you're doing that. And so again, I am a proponent of multiple streams of income. Uh, I'm a proponent of our kids recognizing that they have to have multiple streams of income. So while we're in the classroom, we're talking to them about how they're becoming financially literate. Um, and so uh, go out there, make your money, but make sure you can stand up. Mm. So it's kind of like, you know, being the pastor. And you're the pastor and you're preaching the word, but it's something different. So, you know, just make sure whatever you're putting out there is something you can stand on. You got the research behind it. And it's not just something you're just making a dollar because it goes back to whoever you're presenting and whoever you're touching, they're going back to kids. And our kids deserve what you're giving to these individuals for them to be better. Um, so that's what I will say on you. Know, I love it. Hey, you you can talk to my friends. I am all about. Hey, how how can we? Hey, we got real estate over here. How can we? Be, how can we get this? How can we do this? And so even my own biological kids. It's um, you know, how can you have multiple stream of income that you're doing things? Man, my my youngest son, he started when he was like 15 in the shoe business, and so just having multiple streams of income, income, no what to do, but taking, you know, it's okay to take a risk. But when you take the risk and, and it didn't work, didn't work, the, work well the first time, what went wrong, let's build on it. Let's build on it. Let's build on it. But go out there and, and, and sell it because we need it. 
Because if, if we're not if, if we're not out there doing it, nobody's growing, nobody's developing. So we need you out there doing it, but make sure it's it, it, it's some success behind it, not just you out there chasing the value. All right, folks. Yeah, we saw a lot of hmm, folks doing the Rona out here talking about online learning, and I was like, um. I didn't see you talking about online learning six months ago. Mm -hmm. mm, I didn't want to call no names. I've never called out names, but y'all, <laughs> y'all know who you are. Earlier, you mentioned the defiant ones, and I definitely, you know, saw that. And for those who don't know, before uh, Dr. Dre worked with Eminem, you know, he worked with other artists he was with nwa he helped create that death row sound um and even before that people oh my gosh dr dre did something old oh, people it was a little song like before you turn off the lights that's just how long michelle a yeah <laughs> that's how long dude been in the game so he's been working and when people, when you're talking about people investing in themselves and investing in their craft and making sure that they are always getting better, what are ways that teachers can actually set goals for themselves and actually put strategies in place to make sure that they're not stagnant, to make sure that they are putting in their time, investing in themselves and becoming better and better every year so one of the things is in order for you to do that you got to be aware you have to be aware of where your weaknesses are and your strengths and where you want to grow so one of the things in that is being self-reflective is like, i am a proponent 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 uh recording yourselves uh, in the classroom, recording yourself in the class, and just looking at yourself in action. You know, I was a, I was a, a, a athlete, and so you know, you, you watch game film and you look at all these things on things that you can develop. In. And so, uh, as you look at yourself, you realize, okay, I need development here. And so, one of the things is, so I had a first year teacher. Was uh, this was, it was her second year, my first year as a principal. And one of the things that we identified was differentiation is where she needed the biggest work. And, and, and you know, everybody's like differentiate, that's just, that's a buzzword, that's a buzzword. But differentiation is meeting every kid in your room where they are. And so that was one of the things to where you have the GT kids in this classroom, but you also have kids in this pre-AP class uh, that may not be identified as GT, but they're in the class. How are we reaching those kids? You have a, a pre-AP kid that's uh, lower in this particular level, but this one is higher here. So how are you going to move this kid up? And so one of the things that we did here was recognize where that area of growth was, found professional developments, did recordings, um, and set a game plan. And so this is what my focus is on. You write that down. Now I'm looking at, I've gotten this professional development. We've had these conversations. We have this area of growth. 
Now I'm going to go record again. Am I growing here? Let's kind of have a conversation again. We recorded it. Are you growing here? And just progress monitor yourself on your level of growth. And so it's we progress monitor kids all the time. But are we progress monitoring ourselves in our areas of growth? And so uh, just as we talked about the stream uh, in the last question and making the cooling. So if you out here, you want to make the cooling, where's your evidence that you're being successful? Is your bank account moving? So are you progress monitoring that? If it's not moving, what are you doing to now adjust that? And so always, always looking to see how we can make ourselves better in what we're doing. So reporting yourself, going to professional development, finding people who are doing the things that you are doing, or the things that you want to do, and they're great at them. And so I, I am a believer in that. People, who, people love to help. They love very seldom will people tell you no, because people want to feel good about giving that information. Remember, that's where that's where your, your fulfillment comes from is in the giving. So you see somebody that's doing something that's great. If you want to get your feelings, and you see somebody that's speaking out there, contact that person, get information from them. They they will help you. You see a teacher that's in the classroom and they are killing the game. Go in that classroom, observe them, talk to them. That's the best way for growth. When you try to do it by yourself, it, it, it doesn't work that way. You see very small growth. And so we want to get 1% better every single day. But getting 1% better every single day is having conversations with people that are Talking to people who are already in positions who are doing this talking to people who have already mastered that particular thing. And so I'm a believer in it. And so when I was at, I'm gonna use myself. When I was a classroom teacher, I, I didn't come into education. I didn't go to school to be an educator. And so I went through uh, alternative certification. Mm -hmm. So once I got that under my belt, you know, I, I, you know, I got this thing down, I talked to all these teachers and I, I, I'm doing great here. So. I want to move to the next level. I want to be an assistant principal. So I find people who are in those positions and I'm talking to them and I'm looking at what they're doing. Get into that position. Now I've mastered this. I got these things under my belt. What principles, who, the principal that I work with, but I see this principal that's doing some great things. Let me contact them. Let me contact them. And so now if I'm in, I'm in the principalship. My role and my next thing I want to do may be consulting. I'm contacting consultants. If I want to be a superintendent, I'm contacting superintendents. And so wherever you, where, when you, the first time you get there, you don't want to show up like you don't know anything. That's why you're meeting people and talking to people who are already in those positions. So when you show up, you got a little bit of something under your belt. And so you want to find people in positions. You want to uh, watch yourself, be self-reflective, uh, and progress monitoring yourself all the time. How am I growing? If I'm not growing, what am I going to do to grow? And so always, always, always look to grow yourself. If one year, in six months, where do I want to be? In one year, where do I want to be? In five years, where do I want to be? In 10 years, where do I want to be? And so always progress monitoring yourselves. I tell my, my kids, 
and my sons play basketball. Put your short-term goals and your long-term goals up. What are you working on? What are you already What are you already great at? You're great at the three-pointer, but your layup is not so good. So you're doing how many three-pointers, how many layups? And so those are the things, progress monitor yourself. And so it's it's work. You can't, you can't just show up and think it's going to be great. It's work. You have to put in work in whatever it is you want to do, and you have to spend time in it. I talk to my staff all the time about showing up on two wheels. You can't show up on two wheels. That means you showed up, you're late, uh, you're running into where you're going, and you haven't worked on your craft, and you're just showing up. When you fail to plan, you plan to fail. So don't plan to fail, especially in yourself. Keep developing yourself, observing yourself, and progress monitoring yourself and set goals for yourself, short and long term goals. And have accountability partners. People, let people know where you want to be. And I, hey, am, am I where I want to be? Did I said I was going to do this? Am I there? I'm in a doctoral program, and it's my kid, man, it's, it's a thorn in my side. But I have people that are, t hey, where are you at on this? Where are you at on this? And I'm, I'm, my, I'm my, my biggest enemy right now. There's nobody else, it's me. Because I'm not setting, I'm, I'm not meeting the goals where I need to be that I've set for myself in those particular things. And so make sure you're progress monitoring yourself. And when you mess up and you don't need them, you own them. I own them. I'm on it, right? And so just set it for yourself and you can achieve and be anything you want to be. You could be the, the teacher of the year, principal of the year, superintendent of the year, speaker of the year. You could be whatever it is you want to be. But progress monitor, be reflective, and be willing to listen. You don't all have this thing figured out. Be willing to listen. That's all right. It's been awesome having you on the show. You cut me off? No, so it's been awesome having you on the show. Hey, it's been great being on the show. Um, I am a lover of, educate, of education. Um, I love talking education. I love helping others in education. Uh, but most importantly, I love doing it because I know that it benefits our kids because they are next. They're who's they're coming next. And we want to make sure that they're prepared. And so in order for them to be prepared, we have to be prepared and continue to grow in what we're doing. That's all right. That's all right. Now, I I'm going to ask you a final question that's different from the set of questions that I, that I gave you uh, because you just mentioned that doctoral program. Uh, <laughs> what, you know, it, you know, I've, I've tackled that bad boy and it's, uh, it's a, you know, <clears throat> if you know, you know, it's just a different, it's a different, it's a different game. Um, mm -hmm. What made you decide to apply for one? And what are your goals for using the degree once you're finished? Okay. So I'm going to be 100% honest. The reason I, so I have been, I've been thinking about it for a while. And um, they opened up a satellite campus not far from where I live. And I was like, oh, this is perfect. I'm gonna apply, I'm gonna apply for it now. And so for me, it was a lot to do with the convenience of it. And like I said, I love education, I love learning. 
And if you remember when we first started talking, I told you I was not a very good student. Um, and so once I got into a space of learning and, and just loving to learn, uh, for me, that was it. It was what's next, what's next. And so for me, that was, it was what's next. Um, it was convenience, but it was just the, the next course of action. It's all, you know, everything is a next course of action. It's a, the natural evolution of life. I, I've done this, now I go here. I've done this, now I go here. So that's where I was in that natural evolution of life. Uh, all right, now I gotta tackle this thing. And so it's been, once I got right into, I have one more class, one more semester when I first got my principalship, and then I got into dissertation. And so you know when you get into dissertation, it's kind of on your own. You know, it's like you setting your, 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 your deadlines and you, you're doing all these things. And so my focus was so much so on, on, on turning this campus around and going to school and setting a positive culture that I neglected that. And so uh, trying to just get back into a headspace of not neglecting that, nurturing that, nurturing that thing and getting it done. And then, you know, I see consulting in my future. Uh, I keep perusing with the idea of superintendency, um, but my, my, my biggest thing is how can I get back and, and touch as many educators as possible? And, and so when they go back into their, into the, to their place and their organization, they're touching and growing everybody that they come in contact with and then now they're touching all those kids that they come in contact with. And so that's just that's just my thinking of and once you get the principalship, you realize your your reach is in that building. And so now I want to look at how can I reach other principals, assistant principals, teachers to where they go back. They're now growing other principals, other assistant principals, other teachers, other kids to where we get just that level of success and level of excellence. Mm. That's all right. That's all right. I'm hoping to be teaching on somebody's campus within the next couple of years. I'm just hoping. I always tell my wife, uh, we got a couple of universities in the city and one of them particularly when I'm sort of driving through campus, I'm always thinking like, what are they talking about? What kind of mm -hmm. knowledge are they sharing on here? And I, and I've told my wife that I imagine myself with the, uh, Button up sweater with the patches on the elbow of me teaching a class. So we'll see. I, I've, I've been putting in some applications, and this recent one, I'm hoping something's going to be going to happen uh, there, so I can teach this adjunct just to get a little taste of what it's like and whether or not I'll be good at it. Uh, because that's definitely something that I that I want to do. Because from my vantage point, working with teachers now on how to teach technology. Mm -hmm. I see how some teachers are coming in mm -hmm. and I want to be like, mm, I got to get you before you get here. Yeah. Because uh, it is a shame. Even after the Rona, you got education programs that are still not yeah. really teaching teachers how to teach with technology and understanding the mind shift yeah. that has to be undertaken because that whole sit and get I'm going to talk for four to five minutes in the worksheet mm -hmm. that that part of the curriculum need to be burned and buried because it is no longer relevant. 
I, I think we're moving in a direction where we don't have a choice. Um, especially with you know artificial intelligence coming out, chat GBT coming out. So there are a lot of things that's happening to where it's gonna kind of force our hand. Um, force educators' hands to do some things different. Um, but it's so important that we prepare our kids because, um, and this might be a, a unpopular opinion, but I'm going to say it. Um, one of the things that we got to recognize and realize with the development of everything around us, if we don't learn it and teach it to them, the jobs that some of our kids have been historically able to do will become obsolete. And if they don't, if we don't prepare them while they're in the confines of our buildings, what they gonna do when they get out there? And so we really have to uh, make some adjustments in, in, in education and how we are preparing our kids uh, to, get out, to get out there and be members of this world and be successful. Like you said, the sit and get one work. Our kids have to be able to communicate, they have to be able to collaborate, they have to be able to utilize technology, but if the educator is afraid of it, we'll project that onto the student. And now we're ill prepared to get out there where they need to be. So I'm glad you're doing that, it's necessary. Um, I'm gonna I'm I'm tell you, go ahead and buy that jacket with the with with the elbows on there uh, and, and speak it into existence uh, because I, I'm a believer. Everything we do, we do it with a pure heart. Whatever we put in place, you don't put it in us not to bless us with it. So it's coming, young my brother, and <laughs> just, just be ready to go. You don't want to be ill prepared, so you want to have that that blazer ready to go. Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. Now, people, you know how I do this. This podcast episode is going to be an Apple podcast, Google podcast, iHeartRadio, Simplecast, Stitcher, Spotify, and Audible. I need you to subscribe and to share with your network. And though I'm on all major podcast platforms, I'm trying to grow on Apple podcast. So I need you to listen because they do check. And I need you to rate it. Give me some stars. Give me some reviews because I'm trying to be found and I'm trying to get Oprah on the show, because I want her to know that we're doing big things around here. Again, I'd like to thank my guest, Tashla Darjean, for coming on and dropping so many gems, and for you for checking out another episode of the Dr. Wheel Show. As always, people, invest in you. ADU, peace. <laughs>